Gentlemen, you are listening to the Gird Up Podcast, and we are so happy you are here. It's a Tuesday, which means we've got a fantastic interview for you with Dr. Pastor Paul Steinberg. He used to serve at St. Marcus. He was there at the same time I was there um, in the city of Milwaukee. He's no longer serving at St. Marcus, but he is the chaplain of schools at several different schools in the city of Milwaukee. He's doing some really cool stuff. He's going to talk to you about it in just a few minutes. The man is incredible. He juggles, he preaches, he brings the Word of God to children all over the city. In Milwaukee, it's <laughs> it's some pretty cool stuff, and we'll get to him in just a second. But before we do, we've got to make sure that you are following us on social media. So find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, and make sure you are following us. And when you see things that you like, when you see posts you like or episodes you like, share them on your own social media so other people know you're listening and that you're learning how to be a man, learning more about your Christian manhood from us. God bless you in that. I hope that you do it. Please do do so. And then you're going to go and you're going to find us on the, you're going to find the Gird Up community on Facebook. And you're going to join the Gird Up community on Facebook. It's a community of believers chasing after Christian manhood in the modern world just like you are. You have problems and you need a, you have questions that you need to be answered. Other men have problems that you've experienced and you've already overcome and they want to talk to you about it. This is a great chance for you to network with other men of God and it's a good opportunity for you to share the wisdom that God has blessed you with with other men. The last thing you're going to do is you're going to consider supporting this podcast financially. We do not charge you a thing to listen to this podcast. Men all over the world and boys all over the world get to listen to this podcast for free, but that does not mean that it is free for us to make. We sacrifice our time and our money to make this podcast happen for you, and we will never charge you for it. There will never be a paywall that we hide behind or anything like that that you have to pay for, but... It does not come free to us. So uh, if you want to help us with our equipment, with our fees and all that kind of stuff that it takes to get us online so that you can listen to us, you can sponsor us on Patreon. We have a Patreon account. If you just give us $5 a month, that's fine. It's like a cup of coffee every month. It's not that It's not that much money if you really think about it. Um, but if you want to give us more, we'd certainly welcome that as well. Whatever the Lord leads you to decide, if you can put support us financially, that would be awesome. Go find us on Patreon. Information is at the end of the podcast in the outro. The other thing you can think about is sponsoring an episode or a series of episodes on the Gird Up podcast. You can put your advertisement right here. You can share your organization or your business right here on the Gird Up podcast. In this space, that's about to happen as soon as I'm done talking really fast. Your organization could be advertising for themselves, or you could have me read something talking about your organization, whatever you want. We can talk about all that once you contact me about it and say, hey, Charlie, I want to be sponsored or I want to be a sponsor of the Gird Up podcast and we'll make sure that your advertisement gets on here. Thank you guys. We've crossed the 10,000 downloads threshold. We've got all kinds of cool things happening. God bless you as we continue into our week and into the month of March um, as we get to the spring here. I love you all. I hope you have a great week. I hope you enjoy our podcast today. It's an interview with Pastor Paul Steinberg. Here we go. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. Gird up. <laughs> All right, I got that, by the way. So, <laughs> Pastor Paul Steinberg is our guest today. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Pastor Steinberg. Well, hi, uh, Gird Up fans out there. I'm Pastor Paul Steinberg, and 
I, I mean, you want you want my whole life history here? Well, birth Charlie? is always a good place to well, start. I, I was born. First... I do have a birth certificate that proves <laughs> that. Um, yeah, I was born in a in uh, by New London, Wisconsin, uh, in a and I grew up in a small little township called Mukwa. You can look that up on the map, and if you have a paper map, you can't find it. But I think Google, you can find it. It's a little, uh, very very rural spot, very very rural spot, which uh, is very different from where I live now. And then uh, <laughs> after becoming a pastor, I served around different spots in the state of Wisconsin, uh, by Wisconsin Dells, Northern Wisconsin, and then a dozen years ago, uh, the Lord grabbed me and brought me here to Milwaukee and serving at. St. Marcus at, in the school, and uh, now I'm kind of serving around the whole city of Milwaukee with this organization, this uh, Wells Parasynodical. Uh, and if you don't know what that means, it doesn't help to explain it. If you know what it means, you know what it means, uh, which serves a, a number of schools in the city of Milwaukee, sharing God's word with scholars and parents and the, and the families and really working on planting a church there. Uh, as I like to say, I'm the son of Ken and Don, the husband of Rebecca, and the father of six. So I have five sons. Uh, which is a, an official quiverful. Which oh, is, yeah, if you look, so in the Psalms. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a truly blessed man because I've got five, which is a quiverful of sons, um, and one daughter to keep us all balanced. So we realize it's, not, it's not really just better or worse. It's just, it's just different, but we, we think it's better. So um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> all right, cool. So you have five kids, but not all of them are your biological children. So I have I have six kids. No, six kids. But five, five sons. sons. Five okay. sons. Yeah, two of them are adopted from Haiti that we adopted them uh, when they were six, and they're 20 years old right now. All right. So what are they like? What are they up to? Like, what are they doing? Oh, all my kids? Uh, so, I mean, they're, they're really... <laughs> I suppose yeah. that's a broad question. Well, they're, they're all smushed together. My wife wanted the litter. She, you know, she didn't want, you know, some people have kids, and then they have them, like, 20 years apart, my wife said, let's have kids. And, and I was thinking maybe 26, one for every letter of the alphabet. Um, but we didn't, the Lord didn't do That's that. That's a nice even number. It, 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 uh, but you can, only, <laughs> you can only work on one at a time. That's all God allows you to work on is one at a time. He's got that as a safety. And so uh, we, we had four the old-fashioned way, and then we adopted those two. And, and so right now I have a senior uh, in college. Luke is a senior at Wisconsin Lutheran College, computer science major. Um, I have one son who's who's not in college right now, and he's thinking he might just go into the working world. He works with captioning, uh, my son Jonathan. Um, and then uh, Joshua is a junior, uh, no, is a sophomore at Wisconsin Lutheran College, computer science again. Uh, then my daughter is wants to be a French major. Uh, she's at WLC as well. And then my son, McKenson's at Stout. So, yeah, I have three sophomores in college. Can you say financial aid and FAFSA? <laughs> Can you say that? Um, and he's starting to be an engineer. And then my youngest is a junior at Wisconsin Lutheran High School. And he doesn't think he wants to go to college. Uh, but uh, he definitely uh, has plans to do something good. So he's just not doesn't want to go to college. So does your daughter have any, like, do, do they, does she still have any, like, leftover French from being in Haiti or – Oh, so yeah. I mean, my so because I have my twins are from Haiti, so son and daughter, and they've they've gone back. Last year we got to actually connect with their birth family, and they went back again this this February, and by just by themselves, scary dad time is actually pretty scary in Haiti right now. Mm -hmm. But they made it in there and out just before it kind of got scary. But they reconnected with their family again, and staying there just a couple weeks, they were talking uh, some Haitian Creole pretty well, which is. Close to French, um, okay. But they, and they've been communicating. I mean, we once that we found their family, we discovered that oh, they all have cell phones. No, <laughs> you know, we just assumed oh, you know, they didn't have enough money for food when we adopted the kids fourteen years ago, right? And we thought, uh, and they still barely have enough money for food, but cell phones are cheap. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, they're cheap, and that they need them. And so my kids are able to talk on WhatsApp, and so they got a lot of Creole from that. And my daughter's actually looking at going back, maybe for one whole year, and teaching uh, English there, so she can spend a whole year getting immersed and get that Haitian Creole. So cool, very cool. There we go. So what what inspired you to to adopt kids from Haiti? Well, we only had four kids, and I say that because we were always, we were hoping for more. Right. I mean, we were praying for more. And uh, so right after my wife gave birth to the fourth one, and the doctor's like, no, and this is not going to be uh, not going to be happening. It's, my wife would say she was cut, tied, and fried. Was uh, <laughs> I don't know if that was on the billing that way, but that's what she said. Uh, we said, well, we want to have more kids. And right away, I went home and searched the Internet. We just really wanted to have more kids because that's like the be- the biggest and best uh, sort of way to serve Jesus that I think of. I mean, of all the things I've done, uh, being a full-time pastor and working in churches, raising kids in Jesus seems to be the, the thing. And we had capacity and space and and uh, the heart. We wanted two boys. We were we were told, don't you know, as long as you got four boys, might as, get, might as well get two more. That's what we wanted. That's what we asked for. But our French wasn't very good, and so we ended. <laughs> we didn't end up. They they get, we asked for boys four and younger, and we got a boy and a girl age six. And it was a perfect thing the Lord gave us. So it, right. it it was a really good balance to have a girl in the family. It really was. Uh, it's been good for me because my bro- my wife just had one brother. I just had one brother. And my wife had four brothers. I had one brother. And uh, just to have, and my daughter's, she's just uh, truly good, feminine, a balance that lets my kids know that they, you know, how they might have a chance to get married someday. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Because they grew up with a sister. There you go. You, is that something that's being pushed in the uh, Steinberg house right now? Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, all my kids are currently available if there's anybody out there that uh, is interested. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have six kids, 17 to 22, and only my daughter has been on one date. One date. And she said that was enough. And they're all like, of, of all six kids, there's only been one date? Yeah, all six kids. I mean, they. Uh, Jonathan went to homecoming with somebody, but it wasn't really a date. It was kind right, of, they went. Right. And um, I don't know if this is a, a Gen Z thing or an iGen thing where in their minds, I mean, they're thinking, yeah, I'm going to go to school, get my life set, situated, and I'm not really looking to get married till I'm like 29. And so why I'm not going to start looking when I'm 20. And so right. they're not in a panic or a hurry, and I'm all good with it. Um, you know, that I think that's just things that have just shifted back like, four or five years from where they used to be. So, Well, and it's another one of those things that I can understand that mindset a little bit too because well, especially if it's not somebody that you really think you're going to end up with permanently, why attach yourself to them? Oh, for, yeah. Like I get I get the idea of like meeting different people and getting to know as many people as you can, but there's also like I also don't feel the need. Like I, I go on – it's not like I go on dates, but um, like I also don't jump into relationships super fast or mm-hmm. super frequently because – like if I know it's not really going anywhere, then why put like why tie yourself into something you know or do you feel like isn't gonna last you know yeah so I get that to an extent too. yeah there's no and then I have a I have a I'm gonna call the call the future here I bet for probably all your kids that like they're not gonna jump into casual relationships and then get serious they're gonna jump into serious relationships when they finally do that's, that's my guess that's your prediction that's my prediction yeah I mean my my wife I mean I was the only person she ever dated I mean. Yeah. We, you know that was. She doesn't know any uh, any better or any worse. You know so, yeah. and yeah, I think that's real. I mean, because I think my kids are, they would only date to get married. Yeah. You know and right. I'm that's that's the boat and, I'm in. And and most of the people around them, this you know, they're just not. They're only they're just they're just twenty, Dad. I mean, they're twenty, 
but yeah. they're like you know, yeah they're not well, and they're a not ready too there's so, a difference yeah. and 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 they have these amazing bachelor uncles that live right around Milwaukee they get to see and if my boys turn out like that that's fantastic i'm a yeah. big family guy love it but you can serve Jesus like crazy as a single guy. I mean, the Apostle Paul had said that, but their Uncle Steve, Uncle Dan, amazing guys. One's an accountant, one's a one's been a teacher. I mean, great things. And so if my kids turn mm-hmm. out like that, that's that's fine too. But I would, you know, I I would like my investment in six kids to turn into some grandkid dividends. You oh, know, yeah. that's that, that's <laughs> yeah. you know, that's that's in the Bible too, along with that quiverful. You get, you know, the children's children thing. Yeah. So that I mean that'll that would be great to have that come eventually. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. Well, I mean, like even you got. I mean, you five of your six kids are boys. The clock doesn't tick on boys quite as quite as fast. <laughs> no, as it no. Does on women. Yeah, I mean, they're so. twenty now. They can still have yeah. kids fifty years from now. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's crazy. I to mean, think about, but you're right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they. So I. No hurry. It's it's yeah. always great to come after marriage. That's the that's yeah. the key. You go. Well, you won't be here fifty years from now. So, <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, maybe I, you I won't. Be, I but... won't even be a hundred yet. <laughs> you won't. Okay, maybe you will be. Yeah, I, I'll I, interview I, you again uh, fifty years from now. Put it on the calendar. Okay, put it on the calendar. <laughs> we'll, we'll book it. We'll there book we it. There we go. Awesome. So, uh, you said you've taught, not taught. You've pre well, you've been a pastor mm-hmm. several different places. Uh, the first couple were out in the boonies, and now this is definitely not the boonies. It's it's the middle of kind of the center of everything here in Milwaukee. So, like, is there a big difference in that, or is it how does it change your ministry when you're switching like that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like to tell people it's it's the exact same, except it's completely different. <laughs> you know, it, it that I mean, that was I mean, I'm a small town guy, and that was um, and on. Uh, I'm allowed to kind of say what my interests are, and they say, oh, "What do you want to? What do you think of urban was was on the on the category? Uh, five being I really want to go there, and one being I I don't think I'd be good at that. I had listed myself as a one on the report they got, but some people here from Milwaukee knew me, and they said, "Oh, he'd be good at it." <laughs> and and when I got the call, it was uh, I was love for souls. There's a lot of souls. There's a lot of people here, um, and that was the excitement. There's such the opportunity, and, and St. Marcus School was so large, and yeah. You know, lots of possibilities to do it. Um, so that was the draw. And then coming on in and moving in, it did take quite a while just to get used to so many people. I had lived I had lived uh, in Milwaukee area uh, when I was at, at school at the seminary. Um, and, that was, and that was a key that I knew I could do it where I was just surrounded by lots and lots of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so then I just couldn't I, – I knew I could do it. I knew I could make the adjustment, and it took a little while to do it. So – yeah. Like so what specifically is different between the two? Well, just how you build relationships. So like in small town, um I could just go to the grocery store, the post office and I would just meet the same people over and over. You know, you just would bump into them, you just oh, couldn't yeah, help yeah, it. Yeah. You know, in Milwaukee you still bump into people, but you just it doesn't quite work the same way. Where you know, they just you just can't you got you have to be more intentional about. It. You really have to go in and you go to the same the same restaurant, the same grocery store, and do it. And it's more where those gathering spots, you know, mm-hmm. where people come to, like the schools I worked in. Well, that's a natural spot people come together. Then you could build relationships, but it doesn't just happen. The people are the same. You just don't have the same opportunities because there's so there's so much going on, so many places to eat that you you just aren't going to see the people that you yeah you know. I mean, right? It, yeah, I mean, as a as a pastor in a small town, I'd walk into the grocery store. And it would take me a long time because, right. you know, I, and it would be kind of fun because I'd come down, you know, turn into a new aisle and somebody would see me and be excited about it and come at me when I talked to me. And then other people would see me and turn back around and leave because they felt guilty for some reason. <laughs> I had the same, 
the fact I didn't want to have, like, oh, they, you know, they hadn't come to church for two months, and now they turn around, and I don't even know who they are, but they feel guilty by looking at me. <laughs> Whereas in Milwaukee, I do get recognized. Right, yeah. Um, you know, it's because I've been with enough spots and all. So you've got quite a quite a an audience, especially of kids. Oh yeah, see you when you were, and that's kind of cool. Except I can't remember always who they are. They come up, <laughs> hey and, sweetie. <laughs> oh, I mean, kiddo. It, like yeah, I'm like okay, you're not wearing a school uniform. Um, I have, I, and their parents come up. Who is this guy? I'm like, Hi, Pastor Steinberg. And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, and it could be someone that you know I I haven't seen for three years or but they remember me, and it's kind of. Yeah. Uh, I was once mistaken for Jason Kidd. Um, oh. Then that I, in an Aldi, wow. in an Aldi <laughs> store, because I was wearing a Bucks tie, and a kid came up to me, <laughs> and I thought he was a student, but he he just came up, and then like mom came around, and I'm like, maybe I'll recognize mom, and no, and he said that that's Jason Kidd, mom. I'm like. No, I'm just wearing a Bucks tie, and I, <laughs> you have I, your head shaved. No, or I no, I, I yeah, I had hair. I mean, I did. I'm like, you know, I mean, I suppose he's seen Jason Kidd wear a suit, you know, as yeah. the Bucks, Bucks coach at the time. <laughs> but I'm like, no, I yeah, I had I had my regular head of hair. So that's awesome. You've got quite a head of hair. Oh, that's thank you. A little yeah. little salad on there. That's yeah. that's that's good. I'll take it. My dad is like my dad, completely completely bald, but my uncles on my mom's side. Okay. That's what you look for. You know, you look at, like, all my boys are learning, are they going to go bald like their grandfather? Are they going to keep their hair? Like, look at your mom's brothers, and they have, they still have some hair. Okay. And they still have it. It's kind of gone back, but they still have some hair, and they're in their, you know, middle 40s, so my kids will have there some. But I, I think I'm going to keep mine, so yeah. that'll it's be a, good. It's a full head of hair. <laughs> Jerry's still out on me. I don't know. I ask every time I get my hair cut, you still, still got hair up there? And they always giggling. Yeah, you got Did hair. Your mom have any brothers? That's what you're supposed to look at. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's starting to go a little bit. He's starting to go a little bit. Um, but not terrible. Okay, that, there we go. Ah, next time I see my Uncle Dave, I got to look at the top of his head. Yeah. Watch out, Uncle Dave. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so if you could pick one of the two, like uh, either. Uh, like being in a city or being in a country, like for the, if you if you had to leave St. Marcus tomorrow, mm-hmm. and you could pick one for the rest of your ministry, what, what do you think you'd pick? A small town, big city. What would you pick? Oh, I for ministry, right? I definitely pick the city, just because um, because of the opportunities and the people that are there. And I found it it fits me, I, and my wife likes it. And it's and now I have this experience and the connections. Um, if if uh, if Adam and Eve had never sinned or uh, Jesus wasn't real. Um, I would probably live in a small town. I mean, if it was, you know, to just live. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, I lived, and I enjoy those little small town spots. That's great where my mom lives in in kind of rural Wapaka, Wisconsin, in a pine wood forest. That's a great spot to be, but not for serving people because there's not enough. There's not enough people. So yeah. I mean, I mean, it's all God's country. But um, as, as Pastor Jessica and Saint Marcus said. Well, God's country is where there's a bunch of people because he's all about the people. He's not <laughs> a, He's true. not about, I mean, yeah, he loves the deer and everything and everything he created. But, yeah, so, I mean, I am I guess I've always been in love with the place I've been. So, um, you know, you never know what the Lord's going to do. But I love being here now. And um, and it's kind of a, a fun thing to talk to people who are into the city ministry. And then they discover, oh, I came from Muckwa, Wisconsin, with no population. You know, the sign Muckwa unincorporated there's no they don't count the population because you can't more more deer than people and if you can start there and end up in milwaukee and be just fine it's it all works and 
it's just just a lot more people, Charlie. There's a just, lot just, of people. It's it's just the right size of city for me. I not, I don't want to live in a city forever. I get, I do get worn out with all the people, but it's just the right size that you can like drive for 20 minutes in any direction. Well, besides the lake direction, but you can drive for 20 <laughs> minutes in any direction and be in the woods or be oh, yeah. in a farm field. Oh and yeah. So like there there are people everywhere, but you can also kind of get away a little bit too. Oh yeah. So. I mean my in law my brother in laws they live. A spot in Germantown where they got ten acres of hunting land yeah. right there. So I mean that's that's twenty. It's like twenty three minutes away from my house, and I can be in the middle. I mean, not yeah. that I'm not a big live in the woods guy. I'm not a big outdoors guy, and that's why I don't really miss, you know, some of the the benefits of being in some of those smaller spots where you could do that and really enjoy it. I, I didn't. I didn't really enjoy it. I enjoy not having a lot of a lot of lawn to mow. I enjoy not having <laughs> mosquitoes around. I enjoy. I mean, those things aren't bad. Um, but it's just just a lot going on, and so you know, my in laws just moved out. Of the, they lived with us for a while, so for like ten years, maybe that's longer than a while. And they were like, <laughs> you know, he's like in their seventies, like there's just too much going on. You know, it both, it just in the city and in my family that my kids are going off to work, going to college, and they just hear cars come and go, and it's just a lot to keep oh, going. Yeah. So yeah, maybe when I get to be seventy one, you know, um, thirty years before we do that uh, second interview, that's right. Um, I'll say, yeah, I just needed to be quiet, and I'll just go and visit the city via the internet or something. But for now, <laughs> for now, it's a great spot to be. Well, and I feel exactly the same same thing you feel. I think when, when like, literally, if I spend time outside of the city and I come back into the city, especially if it's during the school year or like coming into a school year, like we're getting prepped for a school year or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't get necessarily excited about you know the buildings or or you know the the number of people, whatever. But I do get excited about the number of people. That I get to impact and serve, like for mm-hmm. sure, and and that 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 is definitely a a, bi- a big part of like why I'm here too. Is just there's more people to interact with, more people to serve. Yeah, it's a, it's it's just easier. I used there's to never I, a shortage of kids. Well, I used to have, and that's why I love working with schools because I used to, as a pastor, spend a lot of time trying to gather a crowd and getting uh, a vacation Bible school, knocking on doors, walking around, and now I get to sit in a building and they come in the. You know they love the school. They come in the door. I get to shake their hands and I can call them up and and they're in, they come and they repeatedly come. I I don't go searching for people anymore. And I love that they're already there. I can get it's like saving a step. I'll, now I have four hundred people. Um, one of the spots I hang around the most, Hopedales, has four hundred people coming in all the time, and I can just work that crowd without. I don't have to do the trying to find who's interested. They're already kind of interested and ready. Uh, maybe they don't fully understand Jesus, but they're already sending their kids to a Christian school, so they've already indicated they think it's a good thing, and it's just yeah, it's. I mean, I I call it compared to what I used to do, easy ministry. Yeah, it's, it's you know all ministry is really hard and it's all really easy, but it's you don't have to find people. You just have to. You're already one step ahead, and there's just make phone calls, and thirty people don't pick up. Well, guess what? I got three hundred seventy. I can still keep on calling. So you yep. never you never run out. Versus oh, we've We've tried to reach everybody already, so it's a good good place to be. Yeah, so you guys have like a system of chaplains throughout the city, correct? Yeah, so yeah, with uh, chaplains and schools, it's only been around for two years, but we have five schools that we're in, um, two Hope schools, two Shine Star schools, and then Kingdom Prep uh, Lutheran High School, and so we have a couple chaplains, and right now, I mean, it's big time praying, just, you know, personal prayers if you want to do that. We're just waiting because we're hoping that we can actually be in the other six Hope Schools next year. Uh, they're just finding that financial way to do it that they want it to happen. And so hopefully next year we'll actually be adding 
uh, three full-time people to be able to serve schools. We, we have one chaplain for two schools right now, and they can so they can be there two and a half days a week and, and reach out to the families. And so right now we're serving 1,500 kids, um, and we'd love to – and their families, and we'd love to be able to serve – Four thousand next year, so that's yeah. hopefully in a yeah because they're supposed they'll make a decision by the end of February, and according to my Fitbit watch, that's next <laughs> week. That's next week, so we'll know, and then we'll know if uh, boom we get to scramble and try to serve fourth. That's that's like a lot of people. I mean, the kid, the, the house I grew up in, or the city I grew up in, New London was the closest city. That was like four thousand people, everybody. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so to imagine serving, you know, four thousand kids. And then all their family members and having that be a connection. And mm-hmm. maybe for some of them, we're their only gospel connection they have. You know, so it's really uh, urgent and exciting and um, a ministry that just, I just get, just gets me all excited. So. Yeah. Yeah. So what role do they, like, what do the chaplains do? Yeah. So, so in uh, each school is a little different because uh, I don't know if you know this, Charlie, you probably do. Principals like to <laughs> control what's going on in their building. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. That's kind of what God put them for. Uh, so each each principal works with the chaplain and kind of figures out exactly what they do um but we will um we do lead school chapel services um but in some schools it's not everyone because they have members of their faculty that can do some but we kind of lead the charge or we you know we uh, coordinate all that i do all the chapels at hope fidelis cuz they like it and the principal Edie Markwick loves me to do the mm-hmm. loves me to to do the chapels so i just i do them all um, and uh, we call, we make phone calls home, uh, spiritual phone calls home. Just we call through everybody twice a year, um, and uh, we maybe touch base, see if they uh, need Bible study, baptism, and then from that we do. Like right now, we're excited that in the at Hopedales we have seven parents that are in what we call Bible information class or beginning discipleship class. That's awesome. And so, th- and they're making kind of the core of a of a congregation that we're actually planning at the school. So uh, we get to plan a church without having to gather a crowd and we don't pay for any light utility or heat utility we get to use the building for free and the school loves it because we support their families lift them up and the the church that's being formed will then their first focus of service is to serve that school and then the community around it so we're also work, so we're planning a church um we we jump into classrooms you know so like in uh uh, at Fidelis, I hop into seventh grade every other week instead of their normal science class. I do a ask the pastor a question uh, time. The first mm-hmm. the first questions are all about gender and sex, and then I said, okay, let's 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 ask some different questions. And so now, um, <laughs> let's it, talk about something yeah, else. <laughs> it, I mean, it was it was great. I mean, it was fun. It was open, and there, you know, and the teacher was excited to have have me an old an old guy with a lot of biblical thing, and you know, instead of her to be able to be someone that you know didn't have to talk about and figure all that stuff out. Um, and now we just kind of kept that up. Uh, uh, one, one of our chaplains, Jason Frederick, um, he like teaches a Bible story, but he goes in all the different classrooms and does it when he's there on Tuesdays. And, uh, cause that fits with what they're doing. Um, we also support the teachers. So every week I do a faculty Bible study with the teachers so that they know the Bible story that they're teaching next week. Uh, cause some of the teachers are just way o- well been well trained on that stuff and some of them don't know the stories as well and so we make sure that they're all up to pace on that and then we're just you know parent liaisons and we're there kind of for as things happen you know we shake hands as people come make sure they don't get lost i transport a lot of k4 kids from the door to their buses (laughs) you know holding their hands make sure they get to bus 46 and not bus 42 yeah um those sorts of things to build those relationships and uh um, and in general, I mean, I just work with the principal a lot in, in uh, 
Uh, at these schools, they all highlight college and character, but Christ is the sea that comes first. And they know that, but that's the one that Satan's least happy with. He's fine if you get a good college education. He's even fine if you live decently. I mean, live nice. I mean, live live with some virtue, but don't don't trust in Christ as your Savior. And that's the one that is the toughest to hold. And so my job is to kind of be that um, non-authoritative uh, accountability for the principal. Because I'm not, none of the chaplains are in the author, uh, authoritative or administrative structure of the school. They're, they, they don't work for the school. They yeah. work in it. But the principals will use us as, ah, you know, like, hey, you know, that's, we could turn this into something more about Jesus. Or and that black history presentation you guys are coming up with, why don't we have, why don't we highlight, you know, the ones that you talk about that are, that are Christian? And why don't we have a, a Christian song be a part of it? Little things that um, maybe educators don't immediately think of. It's my job to kind of go, hey, how, how, about, how about that? And, um, and sometimes the principal will call me in and just, hey, I'm thinking about this, or how do I do this and kind of be a side advisor and support? Um, hopefully, um, with uh, a chaplain in there, we got to measure this to see if it's really true, but we think that it helps with staff turnover and retention just because in those situations you have an authoritative principle that you might not share all your problems and struggles with, uh, and you might lose your mission focus and want to do something different and with uh, us pastors, uh, chaplains, talking to the staff. We do that. We interview students one-on-one and, and faculty that maybe we help them stay focused and stay healthy and stay in God's Word so they can avoid the burnout or just the, the mission the mission is too much or doing something easier or making more money or whatever. Uh, it's hard to measure that, but I, that's another big part that we'll do it. This is And this is a surprising thing that you might find interesting, Charlie, because I used to be you know, the school pastor at St. Marcus. Right. So we had like 100-plus staff, and, and I was like the guy, the first ear for everybody and listen. I would try to meet with everybody. It was too many to meet well, but when I found it going to this spot as a chaplain, teachers actually more willingly share me stuff. I'm not their official pastor, mm. but they will see me just as a spiritual resource and not as a threat at all. Whereas I think, mm. oh, man, if I really tell, I, you know, like, oh, man, I, ah, I, I've been struggling with pornography. Oh, is he going to take my call away? Is he going to? You know, yeah. and even though they it's knew real. me, it's really hard. It's and real. here they'll tell me first before the principal, and I'll I'll often coach them, and give, and then then they'll well, go to the probably principal. their own pastor too. Yeah, 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 yeah. If they if they have that, but they'll come to me first because I'm right there, and I have no I have no power over them, you know, and and they know me personally, and I'm right there, and so some of that stuff comes out, and I think that is a huge kind of spiritual triage that I didn't quite envision when we. I thought it would be like where I was before, but it's better. Um, it's better, and uh, and yeah, they just they trust me a lot more because uh, they know I don't have to tell anybody or do anything, and I can't I can't do anything except encourage them and share yeah. long gospel with them. I like that. Uh, you said that personal triage. Yeah, yeah, it's like spiritual triage where it's you know it's they where they can come first and get something quick. Like, hey, pastor, can I talk to you? Yeah, yeah. can I? They'll send me a text. I, I walk around. Uh, in the before the day and just you know go to classrooms and some are there early and some get there later but I always take prayer requests for the prayer circle public prayers but I get page 2 prayer requests and that's where sometimes hey can I can we talk about something later it comes up and just cuz I'm walking around um and because I take prayer requests and it seems like the new teachers you know it it takes like 6 months before okay this guy's actually really really he really prays for us he sent me an email I just had one of the teachers she she apologized because she had a family funeral and I had sent an email prayer 
and she didn't notice it or she was busy and gone. And now she just opened it like three weeks later and she's like, oh, thank you, Pastor Steinberg, for, you know, doing that. Well, you know, doing that now, she'll just be more and more uh, eager to, to share and knowing that I'm actually, I actually follow through on those spiritual things. So, awesome. Yeah. So that's what we do. That's fantastic. <laughs> Whatever the principle says. Yeah. Well, and so like it's and the hopes. If you're not familiar with the hope schools, like they're Christian schools, but they haven't been attached to a church, at least not lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, like officially attached to a church, and so they're like they're. I mean, having uh having someone in the building who's responsible for their spiritual life just makes a huge difference. I'm guessing. Oh yeah, like they, just having someone assigned to it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and they and they. I mean, that's where. I mean, they originally were Wells Wells schools. And then, uh, you know, from the people I talked to, there was a bunch of different reasons. Uh, they, but a, a big reason they wanted to expand to where they are now. And so they wanted, they knew, they kind of saw we're going to have like 400 teachers and we aren't going to be able to get enough Wells teachers to teach in the city. And with the expansion of the, I mean, the Lord's expansion of schools in the city, it's really, really true. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, again, I see the Lord's hand in all that, but they didn't, but they always thought, oh man, we, we just don't have that that player. We and they thought about planting congregations way back in the day and doing that. Uh, and now that this has kind of happened, that's where the leadership of hope. Is, is, I mean, he said, uh, "You're an answer to our prayers." I mean, he's a Wells guy. Yeah. Um, you know, you're an answer to our prayers. So we didn't know how to do this, and we're a school, and this is our mission. But we know we need to support the families to really make a difference. But but we can't do that. We we can't, we don't baptize people. We don't teach them adult Bible classes and define. Someone could come on in and be able to do it in a way that doesn't compromise principles. I mean, I get to preach and teach everything. They got no problem with that, and that makes it easy. They don't have to worry about uh, about doing that. I mean, they have a good statement of belief, but I can I can say exactly what I want to and do it, and they're just happy because it lines up and yeah. supports what they're doing. So, well, I can say, and on the flip side too, if you're not part of their, you know, their uh, what do you want to call it? Their administrative structure, like yeah. if uh, you, they can kind of even step aside and just say, like, "Hey, he's a pastor from a different, he's a pastor from a church that comes in, mm-hmm. and you know, and that not not that uh, not that we shouldn't be practicing dogmatics in a situation like that, but uh, like it kind of gives it gives a lot more freedom um, when you really truly are not an outsider, but you know, like when you have separation from like you." <laughs> trying to think of how to phrase this you like you're a part of the you're a part of the system but you can almost have immunity you know yeah yeah I, that, that's a good way to look at it i mean it's similar to chaplains in a prison or whatever or chaplains in a hospital or whatever they're just the good guys coming in but you know the right. hospital you know that right th- those guys the catholic priest can say this and they can do that we aren't condoning what we're just we're just making connection and you can choose it you don't have to right but uh, that's where we haven't found i mean the the parents they have not, you know, uh, that was, I mean, that was the first question. Are people going to figure this out? They, they understand. And for the most part, they don't call me up trying to get me to tell the principal to do something. Right. You know, they get right. it and they, and you know, if they have their own church and they go all the time and they tell us that they aren't mad when I call, they thank me for being interested in it. And, and I encourage them. Okay. I mean, just, I mean, go to your church, stay in God's word. And, um, and then I go on to the next phone call and it hasn't, there haven't been any any rubs or confusions or, or thinking that somehow I'm the, you know, the spiritual um, authority there in the sense that I don't, I don't, you know, that, but everyone loves the fact that I'm there. And I'm kind of like um, a mascot in one sense for the staff and the students and the, 
you know, and just the families that, oh, there's, there's a chaplain here at Thresford. It's a Christian school. It makes sense to them. Um, and it just reminds everybody, it just holds everybody a little accountable where I think it's really easy in a school setting without anybody officially, you know, toting that, you know, cause I'm not, I'm not for, I'm not a college guy. I'm not a character guy. I'm a Christ guy. And that just really helps everybody. Oh, okay. And just seeing me. And for a lot of teachers, they're excited about serving. Cause there's right now we're in two hope schools and they're excited to be in the hopes. Oh, you've got that, that extra level of support, that extra thing. And even if we, weren't good at it. I mean, just visually, it looks like, oh, this school's more into Jesus because they got, they got that, they got the guy that's holding it up and doing it. And, um, you know, it needed, uh, whenever something's needed, he's there. We know who we can right. go to for the question. I think I found a better way to phrase what I was trying okay. to say is you're not really, like, you're not, you're not attached to the law. You yeah. Know? Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Kind, of, kind of the way even scripture talks about Jesus, you know, he put himself under the law to redeem those under the law. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you're not, uh, whether it's implied or whether it's sometimes it's real and sometimes it's intentional, sometimes it's not intentional, but especially when we have schools you know, like ours that are church schools where they're essentially public school kids coming to church schools, there's kind of this implied or subliminal like law factor of like, you don't go to our church. <laughs> and uh, like whether it's... And, some places do it better than others, and you know, not that we don't want it to be perceived that way, but it kind of is. And so you have the blessing of kind of coming in under the radar almost and saying, like, "Hey, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not the boss. I'm not the principal. I'm not part of an administration." Like our kind of what you were saying earlier, but if you could flip it on parents, is like this isn't like this is just you and me having a conversation. This isn't like something greater and grander. Besides, this, I mean, obviously, it has enormous spiritual implications but as far as like this you know, the life of your of your child at this school like that's not changing based on this conversation so you're mm-hmm. a little bit more free to have those talks oh yeah yeah and that yeah, i can just i just i do a lot of matthew 18ing if you to get people to talk to one the where okay people are frustrated whether that's a teacher whether that's a parent and just to bring them together because i i can't make anybody do it just encourage them and do it and cheer them on and i think that's 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 more fun for me than instead of actually being someone who has to make that decision, right? You know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it takes the like you said, it takes the pressure off of the decision making. Like you know, that's no longer a factor. So now you can really truly just love people. Yeah, and I get to share the, the gospel isn't confused with order administration. Right. Yeah. I get I'm all I'm always that good cop, and so and I I hope if someone has to leave the school. You know, because they, if they're expelled for some reason, I can still continue a relationship with them. Yeah. You know, I can still direct them and do it because I, because they don't perceive me as being someone who, who's fault. I was just praying for them that everything would be good. They brought yeah. it to me, um, but I didn't make the decision. They aren't mad at me, and they're just happy that somebody loved them. And I, and and the principal's really happy that even though if they had to be in one sense the bad cop at this moment, because this is really what the is good for the kid and direct them to other other schools. I can still kind of be that that supportive person and pray and and kind of be the other side and and I you know I in one sense can take everybody's side. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't have to choose who I think is right. I don't have right. to choose is the is the principal right? Is the parent right? I can just let Jesus be loving and and just pray for in a situation that it's all going to work out without without taking sides and things that don't really have any spiritual implications. You know, I don't have I'll take a side on spiritual things, but hey, you know, I'm you get too many detentions. I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, right. I have no opinion, and I don't. I don't. You know, I'd say um, compared to where I was at St. Marcus, I'm like ninety percent of what I do is like gospel sharing. There's very little 
other stuff. And, and right now we're a small organization too, but just meeting and coordinating and getting, I, it was a lot of time. You know, now I'm almost always directly either preparing or sharing the gospel with a kid, a family, a staff member. And that's, that's what makes it really fun. Cool. Awesome. So if somebody wants to talk about or wants to get to know more about what you're doing, you want to say the name of the organization again? Chaplains in Schools. All right. And how can they find you guys? So if you go to chaplainsinschools.org, that's that's a really good way to get an overview on the pictures and the story. So the, the, the tricky part is that, that it's spelling chaplains. It gets spelled wrong all the time. <laughs> uh, so it's C-H-A. Champlain. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, or they, they actually take an A out. They, it's, it's C-H-A-P-L-A-I-N-S, chaplains. Oh, man. But they take the second A out, and it's chaplains. Chaplains. Even even billing from Northwestern Publishing House and church <laughs> organizations. Like, no, no, it's chap chaplains, chaplains in schools.org. And so it's as a plural on chaplains, a, a plural on schools. Um, and then you can over you and that's all the connection for us that you can can find. If you look we're on Facebook, we're on those spots. If you Google chaplains in schools, you'll should be able to come up with us and I uh, love if you, if someone's interested to see it, um we have a lot of people that check out our give, uh, give tours or people, um, you know, around the Wells world. Uh, just In fact, I have a guy coming that um, wants, might be interested in learning more about how to be a chaplain and do some things because we, uh, we can work on training even in the city for those people uh, uh, that might be interested. Come and check it out and see it. Um, have even opportunities working with the Center for Urban Teaching being an intern and, and just spending six weeks trying it out for someone who has some different background that we can get you more training. Yeah, chaplainsinschools.org. Check us out. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time, Pastor Steinberg. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.